I'm Pamela Portnoy, and no one's okay. Welcome back to No One's Okay. I am back. I am here today with the lovely Shannon Lee Whalen, who I was lucky enough to connect with through our previous guest, Kayla Janssen. She is an entrepreneur and business owner and an executive coach for athletes and entrepreneurs. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Pam. How are you? I'm so happy to have you here. I'm doing so, so well. I'm happy to be drinking wine with my new friend. Yes, I'm happy to be here. And like I said, I'm not much of a drinker, but here we go. We'll see what comes out of this. (laughs) Cheers. Wonderful. Indeed. Yes. Shannon, would you like to tell us a little bit about your journey, how you got started, where you're from, how you embarked on your career? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm uh, from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, originally. As is my former co-host. Really? Yeah. That's so exciting. Small I world. wonder what part. Yeah. Seriously, there's so many people from Pittsburgh out in LA. It's, I mean, LA is full of people from everywhere, but it's interesting to like run into people. I'm like, oh, what part are you from? <laughs> All kinds of cool things out here. So, okay. I moved out to LA in 2009 after I graduated from college and I came out here to pursue makeup. Actually, I went to makeup school. Yeah. That's amazing. And it was super fun. Like, I just did not enjoy the industry. And I realized it became very clear to me very quickly that that was not going to be an industry that I felt like I wanted to submerge my life into. And so I kind of took a step back and reevaluated some things. I grew up as a dancer. And so after college, when I moved out here, I didn't really pursue dancing that much. Can you hear my dog eating right now, though? <laughs> I, I it's can't. Like, Every time I have to do something, he's like, oh, I'm going to come in and just chew on food. I'm like, okay, great. Probably picking up on the audio. He's probably like, listen, they want to know what I'm doing too. Yeah. People know my dog more than me. Like if I'm walking around, they're like, oh, Brando. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm, do you know my name? (laughs) He's so cute. I was, I was looking at your stuff on Instagram and he's so, so cute. He is super cute and he knows it, but it's funny because when I like record stuff for social media or whatever, he's like, I'm going to eat right now. And I'm like, great, great. Just do that. (laughs) Don't worry about me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay. So yeah, 2009 moved out here, went to makeup school, did not enjoy the industry, missed dancing so that like by way got me into Zumba so I got certified to teach Zumba and then I realized that I well I had the idea to teach in apartment communities and then I learned how you could do that by contracting out to property management companies and I was like I'm gonna do that and I just went for it and started my business and I like learned along the way like failed my way forward and figuring out how to run and operate a business and started working with 15 different property management companies and had, um, by 2015, I had moved out of Orange County because I took a year and a half there while that still started. And, um, yeah, by 2015, I wasn't teaching any classes for myself and totally managing other instructors grant and teaching them. And yeah, it was, it's really fun. It's kind of wild to think about that. It's been that long. COVID wiped it out. So we are on the mend right now, which I'm very excited about because I get to get back to like what I used to doing. And in between all of that, I came across coaching and a lot of personal development and spiritual practices that kind of made me realize that I really wanted to help other people 
um, pursue their dreams and heal their themselves in that way, um, create the life that they desire while also like working through whatever blocks that they have. So that's how that all came to be. That's me in a nutshell. I absolutely love that. One thing that struck me about what you just said was uh, failing your way forward. Can you like tell me a little bit about that? What 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 does that mean to you? Yeah. So I feel like we have been taught to avoid failure, which is where people get really caught. This is like coaching conversation for me. Like people will get caught in avoiding failure and that way they end up failing more as opposed to if you're like, I'm just going to go for it and take failure as like a, did that work or did that not work? Instead of making it mean that you're a failure, it's like that, that thing you just did just didn't work. That's information. So it's like, okay, I made a mistake. I'm going to keep going because I'm committed to doing this. I'm committed to figuring it out. Like I had no other options available at that point. I was like, I started a business. So I screwed up. Okay. What's next? How do I fix the error? And, and how do I do things better moving forward? And, and, and I feel like you can learn things faster that way, right? Because yeah. if you're not giving it a shot, you're basically the first thing you're going to try is going to be the same thing regardless. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And also like avoiding the shame spiral. Yes. Like, yeah. So you're like, okay, I'm not a failure. What I did just didn't work. But a lot of times we'll be like, oh, I fail. I'm a failure and make it mean things about ourselves that then there's fear, there's uh, resentment, there's all the things that can build up over that. Then it's like, okay, well, maybe I don't know how to build a business. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, maybe, or, you know, we can all learn. So I feel like failing fast and frequently is the way to success. That's the road to success. We have a lot of listeners that are artists, actors, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, and the majority, like a lot of the time, saying getting no's is a big part of what we're doing. So is mm-hmm. that what you suggest? Just throw yourself into it even more and get more okay. no's because the more no's you get is more information. Go for no is a strategy in business and it's a strategy in with artists who are going for auditions, like give it your all. But like the more no's that you get, the closer you're getting to your yes, as opposed to being like, oh, I didn't get that job again. Oh, I didn't get this again. Great. Can you get feedback from the audition? If not, like get your tape, watch your tape, ask for other people to give you feedback. Maybe if you can't get it from casting or whatever, but Mm -hmm. the more you can just be like, this is data instead of whatever you want to take on from it. Like that's what become, that's where people become resilient and just continuing to move forward and like going after it, taking out. I mean, I'm not saying you're never allowed to be emotional. You're not like going to be emotional. It's just not letting that be the driving force or, or the thing driving the car to continue on your journey. Cause that has Absolutely. to be exhausting. If you're in the, if you're in the arts and your job is like auditioning to book and you get emotionally invested and every time you go in and into an audition, that's gotta be hard. And that's what I love to work with. And it's really interesting because I think about lots of, there are so many professions, right? Like every, everyone deals with rejection in one way or another, no matter what it is that they're doing, but Mm -hmm. maybe it's because what we're doing as artists is, um, less black and white or less mm-hmm. formulaic that we take it a little bit more personally because it's our our art that we're passionate about. Now that I'm saying that people that have other careers can't be passionate because I've met people that are super passionate about like their math and science uh, driven careers. But I wish, I, I think what you're saying 
makes a lot of sense because if we looked at the data that they're getting from Mm -hmm. legit, like, oh, the the science experiment, (laughs) I'm like dumbing this down so much, but like the science (laughs) you did, like didn't, just this variable that you were right into. Um, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, it's a bummer, but I'm sure we're not like eating ice cream for five days on the couch, like in a pit of despair. You know what I mean? Like they're using yeah, and, it, and trying again. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure people that are creating things like that, that are new or doing their science experiments or whatever, they might have that moment of like, oh, this was my 500th try and it didn't work. Like, oh, let me go kind of be pissed off about it for a minute, which I'm a full advocate for, like, feel your feelings. Don't, don't ignore them. It's also like, it it is harder to separate. I think when you're the product in the room and it's the same with coaching, it's like, I can take it personally if I get a no, or I can take it personally if I put my content out there and someone's like, this is stupid. And, or that's your opinion. And I know who I am and I don't need to take that on. So it, it, it is interesting, but like the faster we can recover, yes, I think it, it improves for, you know, going up to bat again Absolutely. And, and really trusting that the jobs that are for you, that align with who you are and the things that you want to do. Cause that was another piece of like working with different dancers who were like, I want to do jobs. I want to book gigs, but like, I don't care to shake my ass naked in a, in a rap video, like and no shame, no problem. If that's what you want to do with, with your career, I'm, I'm all for whatever you want. I'm, I'm more for people living their lives and being happy. But there are dancers who are like, I don't want to do that. There's no line with, with who I am, what I want to do. And I'm like, great. We don't have to do things that we don't want to do in order to be successful. The more clear you are on the types of jobs you do want to be involved in, that you do want to receive and accept, then you're even more targeted towards what you can put your energy towards. You won't even like go tell your agent, I don't want to be brought in for those types of auditions anymore. Right. It's and if you're trying clear. to... And if you're trying to be something that you're, you you don't want to be in your heart and soul, like, I feel like you're not going to have as much to offer, right? Because you're not being authentically you. Yeah. If you don't want to be there, people will feel that. Yeah. 100%. I I had a question because when I was reading up on you, um, one of the things that struck me, many things struck me about you, but one of them was that um, you mainly work with athletes and entrepreneurs. Is there like a commonality that you find between um, athletes and entrepreneurs? It is the resiliency. It's that like you have to be able to take the hits. And when when I say athletes, I mean like because my dance background, I mean dancers, because dancers in my world are athletes. I think dancers are some of the strongest people and the most willing to like go full out. Like I remember when I was a kid, I'm like, I don't know if I can do that, but I'm going to try like contort my body in the air in a position that I could have like broken something, but I'm like, it's worth it. And that's like a dancer's mentality. So when when I'm talking athletes, I'm talking people who are like very committed to their craft. And then when you step in and you even marry those two, because I feel like what's happening is with social media, a lot of dancers are taking on their own career and becoming entrepreneurs. And so it's kind of like right in that sweet spot where I like to work with people who are like, you know what, I've been out here for, whether you're in LA or wherever, but you know, I've been here working on my dance career for however long I've been here and I want to take it into my own hands. So we have so many available options to do that so many different platforms that you can utilize so I think that the people who are able to get back up fast it's the same in entrepreneurial um, ventures because 
like you were saying um, with artists, it's kind of like there's no concrete way. In business, it's the same thing. It's like figuring it out, like because you might follow someone's business model and it worked for them, but it might not work for you. And that was something I learned in my business where I was like, what's the formula that I'm missing? And it's like, there isn't one really. It's like you figure out what works and you keep doing what works. And if you're doing things that don't work, like stop wasting your time and energy on it. And if like what's what's been working kind of stops working, like, okay, what what else is there? So yeah. it's an ongoing process. And like, I like to say our businesses evolve as we do, especially when we are so ingrained in our business. Like if you, like as a coach, being the service provider, my coaching practice will evolve as I evolve as a human. You got me thinking about a quote. Um, I think I heard it in a movie about Thomas Edison and I'm probably butchering it. Don't come after me, YouTube. Um, but <laughs> it's... Um, you know, when Thomas Edison was coming up with like the ways to make a light bulb, um, he, they say he failed like 10,000 times or something. And he's like, no, I didn't fail. I figured out 10,000 ways how not to make a light bulb. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's that mentality. It's that mindset. Okay. That didn't work. Great. What, and even like, what did you like about that? That made you want to do it. And can you do it in a different way? So that, that pieces that, that are true to you, that you do like still come with you. Because I think it. that's one, I mean, that's obviously different than making a light bulb, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really important, especially if you're going out and creating your own thing. And like, I just keep relating to like dancer social media and entrepreneurship being kind of like you are kind of your own product because you definitely, the more authentic we can be ourselves and the more clear we are about what that even means to us. It's like, it's, it just, people take off. I mean, we've heard it time and time again with singers who have been like, I try to put music out that I thought people wanted to hear. And the second I just sang my truth, it was like, Oh, look at you. Where'd you come from? Like a whole yeah. different energy. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. So would you say that that's kind of the crux of what you work on with your clients is, is the resiliency or like trying to build that up, trying to kind of change the mindset when it comes to, you know, failing. That's a big part. And like, the inner work of what are the beliefs that you have about yourself, which is where those tend to like creep in. If you're failing and you have like some beliefs that you're stupid or that you are a failure, like, Oh, I'm not good enough. That's going to get in the way. And so with coaching, it helps to reveal those blind spots to rewire the beliefs in your mind, like the subconscious beliefs, even and rewiring the neural pathways so that you don't even have that as a thought, like, Oh, I failed at that or that failed rather than I failed at that. And then, and then it, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's like, there are moments where it's very clear, but in, in my work, I've been like, oh, I would have totally had a different response to that like a year ago. That's, and I love those moments where I'm like, oh, I've grown. And it's just like that process of staying in it, in that shift of, okay, what I tried didn't work. I don't need to go cry about it and eat a pint of ice cream and like knock myself out for a week and then come back and try again. It's like, right. How do we just keep moving forward? But it also has to do with taking those pieces from the beginning too. It's not like, oh, let's wait till the house is on fire and then figure out what went wrong. It's like, right. what are the beliefs that you do have? We all have them. Like no shame, no problem. We all have beliefs. They come from childhood. We learned how to survive. They were survival tactics. They served us. It's just now as a, an adult, they're probably not serving you so much and they could possibly be getting in the way from you living the life that you desire. So if you see that, would you want to know 
to be able to shift it in order to make your path a little more easy and clear for yourself. Yeah. It sounds like it would be a really good pairing with like work that you'd already be doing with, um, with like a therapist or an analyst, because if you're like self-aware of what's going on, I feel like you could also bring that and like, you'd be like, okay, well, this is like the, the framework of what we've got work, what we're working with. Let's, uh, figure out this maze. So the difference and the distinction between therapy and coaching is therapy deals with the past. And so we're talking beliefs. Yes, beliefs came from the past, but what we're doing is shifting them and coaching is future-based. So it's really in that, like, what are you creating? And so it's really taking on ownership of that person. Who do you need to become to get to that space, to create that thing? Because you've never done it before. And so who you've been is going to be different than who you're going to become to get there. And so, yes, it is helpful for people who have some awareness and like some um, understanding of their, their things, like their triggers, their beliefs, their, what their blocks, because then it's like very easy to say, okay, let's work on those first because they're for sure going to pop up and we can shift that and rewire it. So where we're going, they're going to be, you know, long gone, forgotten. Who would you say like could benefit from, from coaching? So I think everybody could use a coach, honestly. Um, And because it's just helpful to have somebody else just have that mindset shift of like the way we see the world is not the way the world is. And to have that reminder of someone to just say, you have a a pair of glasses on and if you take off, you're going to notice a lot of different things. And whether that's just like taking a pair of glasses off and being open to seeing what else is there, like putting a different lens on to choose a different way of seeing it. Um, there's a quote and I'm going to butcher it. I forget who said it, but it's <laughs> welcome to never, the club. I always butcher the yeah, quotes. We're going to butcher the quotes. I'm not going to butcher the quote. I'm going to butcher the, I don't know who said it, but it's never too late to have a good childhood. And so it's, it's, it's just reframing even the stories that we have about ourselves, who we are and about the world. Cause it's probably, I mean, we've seen it over the past year alone in the world is not the way that we think it is. And other people are having a much different experience with the systems that we have in place like that in itself. We've learned a lot in the last 12 months alone. That is how it is for everyone all the time. And the more we can be aware of, oh, that's the way I'm relating to it. That's not the way that it absolutely is. And just having someone that can be like, hey, have you thought about this? Or can you go from here to here with your perspective on it and see, like, open up a little bit more opportunity or possibility in the way that you're viewing whatever it is that, that we're talking about? Typically, it's going to be something you know, career-oriented or in personal growth. Yeah. That, that's honestly truly fascinating. Um, what, how... I was um, thinking about what Kayla said when she was on the show and what she kind of emphasized um, about her work with you was that when she was talking about like what she felt was in the way of what she wanted or even what she, what she even wanted for herself, something that she would struggle with is the specificity Hmm. into like really narrowing down what those things are. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say is like a question that you would ask to kind of help people get to the root of like their desires and like their solutions, I guess, or the, the reframing that we're talking about? Mm-hmm. 
It's interesting because it's such a common thing for people to be vague because vague is safe. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's like, oh, if I shoot for this thing and I am not so clear about it and I didn't make it well, I didn't really say what it was anyways. Um, so it's a very common human thing to be That's so relatable. Vague. Yeah. 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 Like we all have gaps in our lives from our current reality, where we are to where we would like to be and being able to admit that. And then how we choose to relate to it is the difference of someone who is like, okay, I'm, uh, for example, if, okay, I'm making a hundred thousand dollars a year, I want to be making $250,000 a year. And you're like in full blown shame over it. That's going to be a really hard journey because at every turn, you're just going to be shaming out that you're not making more money for whatever reason you want to make it. It's just easy to do numbers. I'm not all about the money, just easy to do. Um, as opposed to being like, cool, what can I do? Or what, what would excite me? And how else can you really, how can I love this journey to get into this point? But again, yeah. it, it relates back to that failure of like, oh, I should be farther or I should be here like this, that, or the other, that we have these stories that we've created about that where we currently are, isn't good enough. If you can accept where you are and say, and I want that thing and I'm excited to figure out how to do it, that shifts everything. And to let go of the fear to like shoot for the moon for it. Cause here, like the truth is, you know, say, I want to make $500 million in a year. And people are going to be like, what the heck are you talking about? That's stupid. Like, you can't do that. Like who says, because people do it. But if there's that fear because people are going to judge you and then you hold yourself back because of other people, like that's one of the biggest things I think is that why people are afraid to say exactly what they want. Cause it, I, and I know I have it myself and it just blows my mind every time where I'm like, why are we afraid to share our dreams with each other? Why are we afraid to say, like, find out what people are truly capable of? Like, what would the world look like if everybody was actually at their full capacity doing everything they wanted to do and said out loud and we support each other in those missions? So I would say first and foremost, like, let yourself be free to say the big thing that scares the shit out of you that you really want in your life, whether you judge it yourself or you're whether you're afraid someone else is going to judge you. You don't like what's saying it going to do. Like putting it out in the universe. If it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, nothing. Great. You're still here. You're still valuable. I I 100% agree with you. And I want to say this before I, I, I want to say that before I say what I'm going to say, I feel like maybe sometimes what gets in the way of people putting it out there is that whole like work in work in silence, work in secret. And then mm. like, once you get to where you're going, uh, then share. Um, I, and I don't know where that came from. If it came from like a fear of other people's like energy or influence getting in the way because mm. I mean, I personally like don't believe in this because I, I feel like um, when I hear some, about someone's dreams or ambitions, like I get really excited and I find it inspiring. But I do know like the reality is that there are people that aren't going to be that happy for you or excited for you or cheer you on. And I feel like that can sometimes make people, you know, want to dull their shine a little bit. So. Yeah. you're saying that that's probably not going to be as beneficial to you. Probably not. And, and what I, what I believe is that the people who aren't happy for you are just really upset about themselves. 
I that think that's not, a great way of looking at it. Yeah, that, that they're not going after their dreams or creating a life that they desire or making the impact that they want to make in the world. And if, and, and yes, that hap- we, we know this uh, happens a lot when people start to live their truth, live their authentic selves, or like start to level up in ways that they haven't before. And then it's like, oh, I lost all my friends. And it's like, oh, interesting. You know, like it, it's a hard reality that that's the, like, that that's what happens. Yeah. But the truth of it is like, if those people are upset, then they're not really that great of friends anyways. And do you want to just stay back so you can hang on to these people who don't want you to go anywhere? Cause they're too afraid to do anything with themselves or do you want to keep going and find people who are going to be supportive of you who are on similar journeys yeah because there are people out there and it might take it may take some time to get to that point where you like uh might be in a little bit of a friendship drought but there are plenty there are 7.8 billion people in the world I promise you will find someone <laughs> I, find I really new tribe. I I love that um that that's really helpful because I do feel like that's a definite mindset um that a lot of people have and um I'd be lying if I you know said that I never like kind of held back because I was scared you know yeah. um so that's really interesting I, would that be the first thing that you would recommend someone that was trying to kind of start their journey is name it Say it. Oh yeah. That's the first thing we do is get clear on your vision. Cause the other thing about coaching is like, if we're not clear on where we're going, what are we coaching about? Yeah. You're going to be like, this is like, I'm not getting anywhere. Be like, right. Cause we don't know where we're going. <laughs> so like very, very clear, like put the address in the GPS and then we find the most direct route there. Do you believe anything and is possible? I do actually. I like do you? That. I do. I why not? I just think it's, it is interesting. It's exactly what you said. If your dream is something that is, um, hasn't happened, who's to say that it can't happen, um, for anyone. And if it's something that has definitely happened for someone, like, why can't it be you? Right. Like our minds are the most powerful technology that exists. And once something is proven that it's possible, we can do it again. And like, for instance, I can't remember the time, maybe four minute with the four minute mile that once somebody broke four minutes, then people broke that. It's, and it's like, because it was outside of the, well, you know, about someone's awareness of what's possible. And then once yeah. someone made it possible, it was like, I can do better than that. And someone just believed they could, so they did. And so it's the same thing with anything else that you want to do. And the other thing that, again, with that drives me crazy about people who are like the naysayers and the fear, and I, I get it. I get it. I'm not going to dismiss it. I understand it's very real and it's very human. I just get so curious. Like what would the world look like if we were all on each other's team? We could create such an amazing place to live if we weren't so busy spending energy, hating on others and tearing each other down. And like you said, it is wasting energy. Oh God. Yes. And what are you actually distracting yourself from by hating on somebody else? instead of dealing with your own shit. 100%. Because that's all it is. You're just, again, you're mad that somebody else is doing something that you could totally do that you're choosing not to because it's going to take a level of self-awareness in dealing with the, whatever the beliefs, the past. I mean, I, I don't like to like dive into like trauma and all that, but like it's, it's real, but like looking at our past trauma and healing from it in order to get to that space, people are afraid to do that. 
And again, I get it. It's not comfortable. So it makes sense that you're like, I'm going to find this space that I'm going to call comfort, which is really despair. And I'm going to live my life because like from here, from this spot and just accept that I can be here for the amount of time that I'm here. And that's what we have a lot of going on. Wow. Yeah. You're, you're 100% right. So when did you have this turning point with yourself? Like when did you realize all of this for yourself? Um, okay. So I was first introduced to personal development back when I first moved out to LA. Isn't that funny? I feel like it's like LL and people are like, how to be better, how to evolve. And then I got introduced to a lot of spiritual stuff. Like just uh, like I went to um, Agape. Have you heard of Agape? The spiritual uh, center with no, I've only heard of it in terms of like a movie. They talked about yeah. like agape love. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What does it mean and what is it? It I feel like it is kind of like a universal love. I feel like I should Google it before I say that, but I feel <laughs> like that's what it is. It's like a really non-denominational spiritual center. I don't know if you're familiar with Michael Beckwith. He was in the secret, but it's his um space and it's just about like being a good person and doing what's right for you. And I was like, yeah, that's what I care about. Like, I don't want to tear other people down to get to where I want to go. Like the whole corporate ladder, like, you know, I'm going to be the one at the top. I'm like, we can all be abundant and happy and live the life we want to live. And we don't have to fight about anything. And it's that space. Like once I started to see that, that things weren't structured in a way that aligned with me, like I had very little, time working in a corporate job or working on any job. I've been self-employed for the majority of my adult life because I don't do well when people are not coming from a heart-centered space and like Mm -hmm. caring about the people. And it's like, when you care more about your money than you care about the human, I'm not okay with that. Um, So that's really where it started for me of like seeing how things were structured and being like, I don't want to live my life that way. And I want to help other people break out of that system as well. So if I had to say like a time frame, I mean, I really got more into the awareness and spiritual stuff again around like 2015. Like nice. I, and that was a point in time where I had a lot of people in my life that left LA where I felt like very alone and abandoned and had to rebuild a whole friend circle. And that included a lot of people who were interested in that type of stuff where I started to to open my eyes more to it. And that's when I started to really see things differently. Um, Something you said um, um, stood out to me just now. You said there's um, there can be happiness and abundance for everybody. And I agree. I think that, when you're, it's kind of a scarcity mindset, right? If you feel like someone else getting something that you want is going to take away from what you are going to get, because I feel like there's room for everybody in doing whatever it is that they want. Yeah. You're here. You made it. You're on planet earth. If there wasn't room for you, you wouldn't be here. So what would you say to someone who's like inherently competitive? Would you say to kind of channel it so that you're competitive towards yourself? Mm, I think healthy competition is fine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and yes, like, can I do, can I be better than I was yesterday? Absolutely. Um, If you find somebody that wants to be competitive with you and you can keep it kosher, then great. Like have, have a ball with that and, and push each other to be greater 
Because it's, I think that's amazing. I mean, we look at, we idolize so many people in this world who do that. And again, it's just like, we sit there and we're like, oh, look how great Kobe is. Mm-hmm. You know what Kobe was doing? And what I love about him, and I, I was not even really a fan, I learned this after his death, unfortunately, was that he and Michael Jordan were like, you know, not on the same team, but he was like getting tips and, and you know, feedback from him on how to be better. Mm-hmm. Healthy competition is great because it can continue to pull out the greatness that exists in us. Absolutely. It's when you want to beat somebody to tear them down, I feel like. Uh-uh. Like, I mean, in, I don't know. I mean, sports, great. You can, you have a winner and a loser. Again, when you make it mean about you, but if you want to take somebody down, like if it's a malicious thing, I'm like, ah, that's not for me. Right. I want to win. It's so interesting that you brought up Kobe because one of the stories that I love about him is there was a, there was another basketball player and like, forgive me guys. I, I don't remember his <laughs> name right now, but uh, he was talking about how like he should have tell a to play against Kobe. And uh, he went to practice uh, before the game and Kobe was already on the court. Mm-hmm. And he was like mid workout clearly. And like he, so, um, he starts his workout and he's watching Kobe and Kobe's still going and still going. And he's like, and he finished his workout and he sat down to watch Kobe continue to work. Mm-hmm. And Kobe like 20 minutes after that finish and they talked and he's like, man, like, how do you train like that? You were here so long you totally were here way longer than me he's like well yeah i wanted you to see that mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i think that that's um very very competitive but like also oh, yeah. kind of cool because it also inspired the other person to be like what's your secret right yeah not oh you think you're so great well like i'm gonna beat you on the court like it's it's all the mindset around it like yeah if you admire somebody you can want to do better than them no problem. Cause it's like, Oh, let me see if I like the four minute mile thing. Oh, let me see if I can beat that. Let me see if I can, if I have it in me, I don't think there's anything wrong with being inspired by that. Finding out yeah. what you're truly capable of is a fun game to play. 100%. Yeah. And you won't and know unless you're willing to fail. Full circle right there. Yeah. So we, started. we made it. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> we did. Um, do you have any advice, um, for people starting out like that are like, it's time for me to kind of take this on. Um, I know that everyone has had a lot of time to kind of think over the last over a year now. Um, and lots of people have been in a transition or looking to start a new, um, business opportunity, new journey. Um, what are three things that you think anyone should everyone should be doing every day to get them a little bit closer. I believe that having a personal practice, like I know people are big on morning routines. Whatever you need to do for yourself, whether that is a morning routine that you follow or um, whatever on the daily that you do that grounds you and that you have time for yourself that is unplugged so it's just about you is incredibly important no matter what you're doing in your life. So for me, it's, it's all kinds of things. It's like, I have meditation journaling and working out, which are my three main ones. And then I am obsessed with music. So, but having things like that, that, you know, that you can always tap into and that, you know, is your thing and just, yeah, making the time, making the time for it. Like, 
so easily people are like, I don't have time for meditation. I don't have time for working out. Like you don't have time not to, because it does set the tone for anything else that you're going to do. Um, I, that's a, again, sorry, I'm a little, I'm all over the place. Uh, <laughs> uh, so am I, but it's like all good stuff. Yeah. Um, I feel like you're asking me a question. I'm like kind of answering it. Um, as again, I think that's why the athletes and entrepreneur thing is, is very near and dear to my heart because it is that like the physical things that we can do also come from a mental space. So the, mm-hmm. the workouts that I do, it tests my mind. So then when I come to do other things in my life, I'm like, I did that earlier this morning and I didn't think I could. So I'm probably wrong about this too. Yes. Yeah. So, cause your mind will lie to you. So, uh, having those practices, are, I would say are very important. Um, having the resilience to continue and knowing like your why for your vision Cause if you don't have a strong why and you're just sort of like, that seems like a good idea. The amount of times that you're going to get hit, you're going to be like, I don't care to get back up. Why are you doing it? So getting clear on your why and then not to be, you know, self-promoting or anything, but have somebody on your team, like a coach that can help you to get out of your way and to just be that person that, you know, is like, has your back and is going to advocate for you and tell you the things that other people in your life probably aren't going to tell you. Sometimes having a sounding board, um, or like someone to just kind of tell is, is so much help on its help on its own that I, I, I can't imagine how helpful it would be to work with someone like you. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a coach, so never hire coaches and have a coach. They don't believe in their own product, but you can have friends, but it's still, or friend, like whatever, but there's still things that. I feel like the relationship can get in the way over. It's like, I'm afraid to tell you that thing because I'm afraid you're going to get mad at me. And so I'm going to withhold it. Having a coach would be like, uh, you're paying me to tell you the shit that people normally won't say, which is your attitude about this sucks and it's getting in your way and it's probably affecting every relationship and everything else in your life. So what do you want to do about it? I like it. I like that. It's it's like the, the tough love, which I, I really respond to. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause it's like, yes, people relate to it as tough love, but it's also like the purest form of love. Like to say something that you're like, I'm afraid to tell you this, but I think it's for, it's for your benefit again, not to tell you down, not to make you feel bad. Mm-hmm. It's for your benefit, for your growth, because you've said you wanted to go here. You said you wanted to do this and this that you're saying and doing and this whole thing that's going on is a complete contradictory toward that. And sometimes we don't even know that we're doing those things because they're so ingrained in like how we operate. Yes. So it's it's nice to have someone point that out and kind of make you aware of what's going on. Yes. Yeah. Give you a nudge. Yes, exactly. And we like to say in coaching, you can't do surgery on yourself. No, you can't. That'd be bad. Yeah. You can't really see at the right angle, you know? No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing in there. You know, somebody else can, <laughs> can help me with that. So yeah, that, that would be it. Amazing. Be I, I love it so much. I, I like wrote down all these questions, but like, I got, I was so taken by what you were doing. I was just like, uh, flowing with you. Um, I have a new segment that I'm playing with called silly questions to take very seriously. And I've started to realize that they're not so much silly as much as like, I'm just trying to like, 
get to know you from a different angle with them. So put it in the comments, you guys, if you have a name for this segment. So my question for you, Shannon, would be, what is your favorite Marlon Brando film? Because I'm assuming that your pup is named after Marlon Brando. And if I'm wrong, we can laugh really hard at me. Well, I mean, you're not wrong, but you're also not right. (laughs) Tell me. Tell me. So it is, it is, it is Brando like Marlon Brando, but it's not because I was like a huge Marlon Brando fan. It just came to me and then it stuck and I'm like, it it suits you. Um, He's in Streetcar Named Desire, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, let's go with that one. As we like, yes. (laughs) Good. Very good. I had an answer for you though. (laughs) And my other question, which is definitely not silly and definitely like in the course of what we were talking about, what would you say to someone who's in a creative rut? What, what would you think would be a good way to like jumpstart someone's creative engine? Yeah. Go do something that you haven't done before or that you haven't done in a while. A woman after my own heart. I mean, (laughs) that is like exactly my mentality. If I'm feeling just bored, uninspired, kind of like t- sick of myself. I don't know if you like ever feel that way. Sometimes I'm like, I, I really, I just, I can't with me today. Um, mm-hmm. Like plan a little getaway or like a little excursion on my own. It could be as small as like just taking myself on a date or as big as like um, skydiving, which is, yep. what, you know, you know, just something to just learn something new about yourself. I like that. Shake things up. Yeah. Like get yourself out of the routine that you're in. Cause I feel like that's all it is. It's like, you haven't seen anything new. You haven't heard anything new or you have of anything that is you're in your environment because you're in it so much, you stop seeing things. It's like, I, I think about that. Like if you're, if you go over to somebody else's house, you're going to see like the dirt more than you would see the dirt in your own house because it's, it's become part of the house. Does that make sense? I always thought about it the opposite way. I've always thought like, oh my God, everyone's, everyone's, um, like I get self-conscious about the dirt in my house, but then I'll go over to someone else's house. I'm like, your house is impeccable. And they're like, no, it's disgusting, but maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Um, one way or the other, like we're in our heads, I guess is the moral of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of your head, go have an experience, go do something that's going to make your heart happy. Like I, I went and rode bikes on the bike path between Venice and Santa Monica. And I was like, I think I need to do this like every week because I feel like a kid and I'm by the beach and it's just so much fun to like see all the people out there roller skating and doing all these fun things. And I'm like, what am I doing like 20 minutes from the beach and not being here all the time? You know, connecting with nature is big. Oh yeah. Even, and during the pandemic, I just went and sat, um, I would have coffee at the beach like every Sunday with my dog. And then that's the other thing that gives me joy. If I'm like feeling stuck or in a rut, I'm like watching my dog run on the beach will just make me the happiest person. He's the cutest thing on the beach. Um, but yeah, just like playing like a kid, like going bike riding or like running around the beach with the dog or like for me taking a dance class is great or just putting music on and having my own solo dance party can do it. Um, but definitely like if you can change your environment or trying something new, it can definitely ignite things and stir things up if you're feeling very complacent or stagnant or whatever. That's great advice. I actually recently did that because I work out with a friend of mine who lives near me and 
I was just not feeling it one day. And I was like, is there like a way we could like move the workout closer to the beach? And so we found this like great park with a great like view overlooking the water. And like, it was life changing. And and not to make it sound dramatic, but truly it was um, to kind of like plop that into the week. um, You know, you're, you're doing really what you, what you needed to get done, but you're just changing the environment. I, it really made me feel so much better. So that's, that's really nice advice. I like it. Yeah. I did the same thing last year. I found a group to go work out at a park. So I wasn't just in my house by myself watching YouTube videos and doing things. Cause I was like, I can, I mean, I'm in the fitness world. I can handle myself like, but it was too much on my own, too much of self-managing. And I found this group to go just, I got to show up. I got to be outside. I got to be around people out outside, you know, or distance, whatever, but it was just like, great. Like this is somewhere that I can drive to and get out of my routine and change things up. And I don't have to think about it. I'm being told what to do. And that was exactly what I needed in that moment. So also kind of being able to, to figure out what it is that you need. Like you saying, I I'm fine to work out. I just don't want to do it here. Right. Like knowing what is that one thing? Is it that you want to go near the beach? Is it that you want to go for a hike and be in the mountains instead? Is it that you would rather like just not work out that day? I don't know, but being able to tap into yourself and giving yourself what you need in those moments is super powerful as well. Cause if we Absolutely. ignore that, like that's the thing about like having your cup full. Cause if you ignore that and you are like, let yourself drain and you're depleted, you don't really have much to give anybody. Mm-hmm. And then when you do like, you know, you're expected to do things. That's when people are like, Oh my God, why does everybody want everything from me? You don't have any excess to give. That's where that comes from. You need to take care so, of yourself first. Yeah. So I'm a a full advocate for if you need an afternoon, an hour or whatever, that you can go do something every week and shake it up, switch it up, see something new because we can very easily get into routines. Absolutely. I mean, this whole past over year and a half has been a testament to that. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, favorite quarantine cocktail snack combo. Or just snack. I was gonna say I'm. I'm really. Yeah. (laughs) Just not take a sip of my wine. You're like no. Um, I didn't. I didn't drink much during the pandemic because I don't drink much. I made an exception for you. I've taken two sips of this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You're so sweet to join me. I wanted to join you so badly. Um, Okay. (laughs) This is gonna be weird. I love weird. I. I put peanut butter on strawberries and sprinkled sugar on it. And it was like amazing. That does not sound weird or bad at all. I kind of want to go home and try that. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but it makes sense to me that strawberries and peanut butter would go together and I don't have Nutella. So I'm going to try it. And I was like, okay. I'm all about the weird food combos. I remember once when I was like in college, I came home and like, I was so hungry and I think it was just, it was so much like hunger that I, I didn't care. I think I feel like, yeah, you know, whenever you're in those moods, like you'll, you'll eat anything, but like I put, um, strawberry jam on chicken. Oh yeah. No, that's for sure. I can see that. There's like the fig spread that they put on meat like that. You know? Yeah. And like, I, I love chicken and waffles. So like mm-hmm. the savory and sweet kind of combination. I'm all for a savory sweet, like I'm for a sweet meat kind of deal. 
Oh, sure. I'm so hungry now. Thinking yeah. about that. Hold on. Wait, what was your favorite quarantine snack? Oh my gosh. Um, I was making been like four ingredient banana pancakes for a while, but I wouldn't say oh, that's my favorite. I, I will say like, I, I haven't been snacking as much, but I got a new kitchen gadget that has been a game changer for me. I actually just got a sous vide. Like for some reason, all oh. the men in my life, like all of my male friends have sous vides and they're obsessed of like, because it cooks the meat perfectly every time. Yeah. And so I get like, um, a meat subscription <laughs> and I like, uh, roast some vegetables and I sous vide the meat. And that's just like mainly what I've been eating. And it's, it that's turns amazing. out really good. I'm very inept in the kitchen. Like I, I do not know what the hell I'm doing, but I figured out how to use this and I'm going yeah. to use it to death. Yeah. So. I've heard those are great. I actually think I sat on shark tank, like when they were on there and I have wanted one since I should probably buy one. Cause this is like the third time it's come up in probably two weeks. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the world is telling yeah. you it's time. <laughs> yeah. When, when things repeat, I'm like, Oh, okay. I think I need to pay attention to that. I need the meat cooker. That's what I need in my life. The sous vide. Yeah. And like, I have it hooked because I, I really am bad. I'm not over exaggerating. I'm very bad in the kitchen. Like my former co-host Alexa came over once and she like was trying to cook with me and she's like, do you have a cutting board? Do you <laughs> like, you don't have half the ingredients that we need. Like, uh, yeah, I I'm just like ill-equipped, but I, I, that's one thing that has been changing over the last year is I've been cooking that's a lot. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I did hello fresh for a while during the pandemic because I was like, I'm bored of what I cook normally. Cause I normally wouldn't be cooking, you know, three meals a day every day for so long. And that was really fun. And that is a really cool way to learn how to cook actually, if you do want to learn, because they give you all of the ingredients and all the instructions. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I heard it's a, yeah. I heard it's a really good, um, system. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So that was another fun thing I enjoyed during the pandemic as far as food goes. <laughs> Fabulous. Is there, um, anything else that you would like to share before I ask you the very important question? Um, I wanted to share that I have a mindset and embodiment program for my clients. And I wanted to offer to your listeners that I would give them a discount if they were interested. So I have a few spots available for that. Um, so if you are interested in working together or learning more about what it would be like to work together, just find me on Instagram at Shannon Lee Whalen and send me a DM and say, I heard you on no one's okay. And I'm interested in your program and I will give you the discount on that and we can work together. Fantastic. You guys hit her up. She knows what she's talking about. She's so lovely. Kayla has sworn by her and you guys have been watching the show. You know how lovely she is and how wise she oh. is. So hit her up. You're sweet. Thank you. So welcome. Thank you. All right, Shannon. Here we go. Are you okay? I, so it's, I was thinking about this before we were jumping <laughs> on and I was like, I know she's going to ask this question. And I was like, I'm of the belief that we're always okay. Like things might not be great in a moment, but like, we're always okay. But I'm like, but I understand like no one's okay. Like the, the mentality behind it. And then I was like, are you just unwilling to admit that you're not okay? <laughs> so I was like doing my self reflection and like coaching myself through it. That's um, really funny. You pulled out your coach hat with yourself for myself. For this question. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yep. I was totally in thought about it and yes, I am okay. And things could get better and they will, you know, they absolutely think, will. 
Yeah. I mean, I think had you asked me around this time last year, I'd have been like, nope, I'm not. Cause like I was getting my ass handed to me. Like I think a lot of people were, we were very unclear about what's going on uh, in the world. And then personally, I feel like a lot of the things that came up were just the things that we were trying to ignore that we could no longer ignore. And so, you know, do the work and, and then we get to enjoy the fruits of the labor of the work. Um, so I feel like I am out of that year moving toward like where I'm meant to be even more so if that makes any sense. Totally. Um, so yes, I'm going to give you a, a very improv answer. Yes. And, um, it can get better. I love yeah. that answer. That's fantastic. Yeah. Are you okay? No. Um, it, it's interesting. Um, I had a kind of a sad week. Nothing oh, no. serious happened. I was just not, I was not in a great mood. And one thing I did notice is like a few weeks ago, I was doing so well. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about, well, how can I get myself from here to where I was before? Because I know that feeling is attainable. Mm-hmm. And I, I really do think it has a lot to do with what we've been talking about. Like, when I'm feeling sad or like things are just like, like way over my head. Um, I I feel like I'm not seeing all the possibilities and Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, I'm falling into old habits. Um, one thing that you said was like exactly what I did all weekend. You're like, yeah, I will just watch TV ice cream and just like shut it all down, just shut it down. And then Mm -hmm. like decide when to turn it back on, which I thought about because when I was feeling good, I was like, how can I hang on to this feeling forever? And the truth is like, things are going to happen always that are going to try to throw you from that point but like it's up to us to you know decide how to handle it and take that on um we all have feelings but I think it's Mm -hmm. just how much we take on I guess that makes Um, sense yeah and if you want to sit and eat ice cream for a week on the couch like great it's okay thank you okay (laughs) you know just just like don't camp out there for the rest of your life like feel your feelings. It's so interesting that you said what you said, because I noticed this about myself when I was happy. I was like, Oh my God, I want to be happy forever. How do I hold on to it? And then when I was sad, I was like, Oh God, this is who I am. Like, no, <laughs> like everything is always in motion. I'm not a sad person when I'm sad. It doesn't mean that I'm permanently there just as much as it doesn't mean that happiness is as fleeting as we think it is, but it's so fascinating that that is so common that we relate to it that way we feel like happiness is fleeting and sadness is permanent yeah that's a common thing I feel like with us as humans (laughs) that's so interesting so once I realized that I had that going on I was like okay so when I'm sad I will be sad for a period of time and then I will be okay again I will be happy again and it's helped me to navigate that in a way where um like it's like you know the analogy of having a flat tire you can you can shoot all four and call call it a day (laughs) or you can be like i just need to change my one tire 
So yeah, which is a pain and, in the ass, but but we're not change it. not as expensive and as a pain in the ass of getting four new tires. You know, correct. So yeah, a whole so new like, car <laughs> or a whole new car, right? So it's it's like okay, I'm gonna be sad and I'm gonna let myself be sad as opposed to constantly being like, how can I be happy again? How can I be happy again? How can I make this stop? That's what people are um, missing. I feel like in their growth and in, in being able to get out of their own way. Cause if we don't address what those things are, they don't go anywhere. They're going to stay there. And then it comes out in the most random time when someone like looks at you the wrong way and you're like, what, why, you know, it's like, <laughs> well, if you would have just cried last week, you probably wouldn't be so like defensive around it, but it's, you know, it's totally fine. No, no, um, judgment or shame around it. It's, it's just like the, the more we can, uh, I guess, yeah, the more we can sit in and with ourselves in those moments to heal them. Yes. Because I did notice that that was one thing I, I'm not trying to toot my horn. I'm just like trying to no, toot it. survive Celebrate yourself. Like the rest of us, you know, yeah. um, I did, I said to myself, okay, you're sad. <laughs> you're real sad. Yeah. Let's, let's sit with this. Let's sit with it. It's fine. Don't panic. Mm-hmm. You're just sad. Uh, I will let you have the next couple days to be sad. Great. Wallow if you want to, but come Monday, because we're meeting with Shannon and we have things to do. That's when we're going to kick it back into gear. But for now, dive deep into the sad. Oh yeah. I I've noticed also when I, deprive myself of that if I'm like oh not today the next day or the day after that I will be crying for no reason and it's like whatever I ignored is just gonna like come out like I literally on a Monday morning one time was just doing my like I set my week up like I have a meeting on Monday morning where I just do like admin work and I just was crying and I'm like, oh, this is just going to happen because you didn't cry yesterday when you needed to. So you're going to write emails with tears streaming down your That's face because so it wasn't true. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's like, it's like they're, they're still there on reserve. And it wasn't like I was having a full blown, like emotional response. It was just the tears were like, yeah, no, we're going to, we're going to come out now. And I'm like, okay, well, I did this to myself. So I'm going to write, I'm going to do all the work while I just cry because I don't have time. Yeah. And I didn't take time that I'd have the day before. So that's, yeah, it's interesting how that works, but giving yourself the space to do that for sure is totally valuable and healthy. Yeah. I think, I think having a cry session a week just to be, you know, just to be safe even. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, did I give myself enough time to be sad? We'll find out when I get home tonight, but there you go. Yeah. Let me know. I'll let you know. Shannon, yeah. I can't, I cannot thank you enough for joining me today. It was so lovely chatting with you. Yeah. I could talk to you all night. So this is, this has been great. This is so much had a really fun. good time. Yeah. You guys follow her. She, she told you everywhere that you should follow her. Her Instagram's really fun. You get to see Brando on there. He's super mm-hmm. cute. And, thank um, you. Shannon, you are so wise and this was a great conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. Of course. All right. I will see you guys next time. Bye. This podcast was produced by Jason Crow and me, Pamela Portnoy, with music by Jordan Ross Weinhold. 
You can follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at No One's Okay. And please don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. We love kind reviews. No One's Okay is also on YouTube. So if you want to see our faces, please subscribe to our channel. An extra special thank you goes out to Sean Moore, Claire Palmer, Jackson Palmer, Tiffany Hamoff, and Alexa Marie Anderson. This podcast was recorded at Soundworks Studios. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.